This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And this is episode 56 the the baby cold man's birthday, aka Aww, Cole's birthday. Yeah, aka day before Christmas Eve. Nope. Mm, two days before <laughs> Christmas Eve. It's two days. It's the eve of Eve of Christmas Eve. All right, Phoebe. Huh? That's a friends thing. I mean, I figured that out. She um, literally says that. Really? Happy Christmas Eve, Eve. She says. Oh, well, that's wild, and I don't like it. Well, you said it. Well, no, I don't like it that she said it because we're. I don't like friends. Well, I mean, I do like friends. We're not getting into this because I'm going to get flamed. Okay, you will. It's true. Friends is fine. It's overrated, but it's still fine. Um, oh, you're still going to get flamed for that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said. I, I'm, I'm, I'm digging a grave here. Um, what is new in your life? <laughs> you say that like we're not just constantly around each other. Yeah. Corona, like you, you used to actually update me sometimes, I feel like, on the show. I have no updates. But with Corona, there are no real updates. Literally, it's just like talking about what our kids did that day, which for half of it, you were there. So I was there, yeah. Um, interesting. Anyway. It's Christmas what? in three days. Yay. That's, that's it. That's Merry all I got. Christmas, everybody. Um, Happy uh, even holidays. Th- this will come out like a whole. Oh, yeah. But I mean, specifically, we're close to Christmas. Yeah, I got it. Um, even though this will be like January 28th by the time they hear this, but whatever. Um, yeah, I hope you all had a good Christmas because it's very much so in the past. And there's nothing we can do about it. Um, all right. So today in the news. Well, not today. From December 18th. If you want to look it up, it's all over. Um, astronomers have spotted what they may be the strongest signal or candidate yet for an alien signal. Uh, researchers at the Breakthrough Listen Project um, have an unusual beam of radio light coming through uh, from our nearest neighboring star, Proxima Centauri, which uh, was first reported by The Guardian, I guess, on the 18th of December. Um, Pete Worden, who is a chairman of the Breakthrough Prize Foundation that runs the the Listen Project, uh, said, quote, nobody is claiming it's a techno signature, which, of course, they have to say it's not aliens. Uh, But he also said, quote, the Breakthrough Listen team has has detected several unusual signals and is carefully investigating. He tweeted, uh, quote, the strongest and most persistent are all from Proxima, which, of course, they're our neighbors. So that makes sense. But also they're our neighbors. So that's really cool. <laughs> good commentary by rich um, you just need to stop telling me what in the news is before you tell them because then i'd be much more interested yeah so let's let's do a quick rundown of how this actually goes down for us i'm laying in bed i'm on twitter something crazy comes up i go rach listen to this and she goes wow that's wild and interesting and then we get to the show <laughs> and then she goes yep i'm not very good at acting so i can't really like yeah but you've, you've had time to think about it and you have nothing to say I'm just kind of, I don't know. I just like all of our in the news is about aliens. Yeah, because that's what's in the news. Right. But it's just like getting a news story about ghosts. It's very rare. And when it happens, I talk about it. I'm not arguing. Also, who's the one that comes up with the news? You need to calm down. Who comes up with the news stuff? It used to be both of us. But you currently, you have a lot of alien stuff going on. And you follow a lot of alien things that I don't follow. Follow alien things. Yeah, I'm just out here freaking. 
I meant like on Twitter and, and stuff. On I meant like Twitter. on your phone. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not like walking around. Yeah, I get notifications from our skeptical skeptics account. That's where a lot of this comes from. Anywho. Anyway, um, he says that uh, nearly all of the signals flagged by. Well, so by the way, this this kind of signal it's a radio signal similar to the Wow signal, which I think we've talked about in the past. Yes. Um, where. He heard something uh, or got a detection on a radio uh, that was not patterned well. And then he wrote wow beside it, which is why it's called the wow signal. It was it was later found to be refracted from Earth. But um, these have not been found to be refracted from Earth yet. Um, So he says nearly all the signals flagged by breakthroughs listens algorithms as potential extraterrestrial beacons turned out to be from human made technology like satellites, except for one. This odd signal lasted about three hours and was concentrated in a very narrow range of wavelengths, a range that isn't generally used by our satellites and spacecraft. It was the first signal to pass through breakthrough listens first round of checks, which are mainly designed to weed out signals that originate from Earth. And the researchers have named it breakthrough listen candidate at one or blc1 it is truly a signal from proxima centauri or if it is truly a signal from proxima centauri that is interesting not only because it's our solar system's nearest stellar neighbor at just 4.2 light years away but also because we know that uh the system has two planets at least uh quote proxima is also neat because some people have speculated that if there is a lot of technology in the galaxy and if you wanted to communicate over long distances sending the signal directly is a pretty inefficient way to do it says right it's like um, how if I call you on the phone, my mobile phone is not directly sending a phone to a phone, your phone, a radio signal from my phone. It goes through a cellular net- network. Right. The idea is that advanced aliens would be more likely to set up a network uh, that could look somewhat like a interstellar cell phone system uh, with many interconnected nodes relaying messages across the galaxy. Quote, If extraterrestrial civilizations are doing that, we wouldn't um, expect to get a lot of signals from distant stars. We'd expect to find them from nearby stars. Um, So eventually, you know, we'll find out in the next few months what they find out about BLC one. But that is really cool and relevant to us. But will be months old news by the time you all hear this. But it's still cool. Or we'll hear nothing. Yeah, because the government going to shut it down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. Really, though? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, all right. So. What are you talking about today, RJ? Yeah, because I'm going second. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about a little weird town called Lilydale. All right. I'm going to talk about. Oh, and spiritualism. Oh, I guess I don't need to say what I'm going to talk about because I'm just going to start talking about it. Yeah, you just go it. into it. Okay. So today I'm talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders. And I, there's going to be a lot of German words in here that I'm going to try my best at. Um. So, Our last name is German. Yes. Facts. Um, it means butcher. Even though you did your history and you're like not German at all. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I found out I was Chinese. Uh, a, supple- uh, a side effect of that was we found out that uh, we weren't German, which or not nearly as German as we should be. So there was probably some infidelity because I think my great greats came from Germany. <laughs> like so. Um, yeah, Rose mostly snap. British. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, so in the early 1920s, there was a family of five and their maid living on a farm called Hinterkaifeck. So that's like the actual, like the name of the little farm homestead. I've they, heard of this for some they reason. They lived on. That's weird. Okay. Um, they lived in what was at the time called Bavaria, Germany, but it is now Weindhoven, Germany. Um, okay. So and- Andres Gruber, his wife. Cause Andres? 
I don't know. His wife, Kazilla Gruber. That's an awesome name. Their widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel. Her two children, Kazilla, also, and Joseph, and then their maid, Maria Baumgartner, uh, were all murdered on March 31st of 1922. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. So six months before this attack, the fa- the um, previous maid quit, claiming she heard strange sounds from the attic and believed that the house was haunted. Uh, near the time of the murder, how'd you say his name? Andres? Andres, I think. A-N-D-R-E-S. Mm-hmm. Andres. Okay. Andres claimed to have found a strange newspaper from Munich, um, which was over 70 kilometers away on the property that he did first that he did not remember buying. And also no one on the property was subscribed to that newspaper. Um, Days before the murder, murder, Andres told some of his neighbors that he had found tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest near the farm to a broken door lock in the farm's machine room. Um, yeah, he also noted, though, that the footsteps were only leading there. There was none going back. Um, and also, like, his wife, daughter, and her their kids didn't go in the farm machine room. Only he went in there. Um, later in the evening of that same day, so it was just a few days before the actual, uh, the murder, the family heard footsteps in the attic. And, um, but when Andres went to go check it out, there was no one there. Um, he also... He told many, like, a bunch of his neighbors about what was going on, but refused to go to the police about it, which seemed a little sketch. Why would you not? Um, also, according to a friend of Kazilla's, the little Kazilla, there's two of them, um, from school, she said that her mother, Victoria, had run from the farm that night after a violent fight and hours later was found in the forest. It didn't say who the violent fight was between, which kind of makes me think, what if it was like with the person that was like living in their attic or something. Um, so then on March 31st of 1922, Maria Bumgartner, the family's new maid arrived at the farm for her first day of work was the day she got murdered. Like worst. Literally, if you came the next day, you would have been fine or you wouldn't have shown up. But like, anyways, sucks to be Maria. You're looking at me weird. So I remembered why I know this story. It's from I'm trying to remember the rest of the story, but it's because uh, the um, and this is why we drink did it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember I'm that. I'm like 99 percent sure that that's where I heard it from. But uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to piece together as you, so I'm just thinking. But you're good. OK, you so anyways, yes, yeah, so that was the very first day, her first day. Uh, her sister dropped her off and um, had met the family that day. So it's believed that they were probably other than. The murderers, the last, she was probably the last person to see any of them alive. Um, so from what evidence had shown, the whole family, except for the baby, Joseph and Maria, the maid, were lured out to the family barn one by one and murdered. Um, they're not really sure, obviously, how they lured them, but a lot believed that they, uh, the murderer probably messed with the animals and made them make a bunch of noise. So then the family would come out. But how could you get them to come out one by one? Yeah, I don't know. That's because there wasn't like any sign of struggle or anything like that. So it was clear that it was like a surprise attack. So it had to be. There's no way you could surprise five people at once. Unless I guess there was five of you. Anyways, um, the murderer used a mattock, which is like a, a small pickaxe uh, that was actually owned by the family to kill them with blows to the head. That's what believed. That reminds me of your, uh, your dad's story with the cousin, remember? 
Do you remember that? Yes. Where, what were they doing? So they, they got like this weird, like, you know, it was the 70s. So you got really weird presents back then. And, uh, they By got, weird, you mean completely unsafe and not suitable well, yeah. for children? They got like a mini pickaxe, right? Like same same thing um, for quote unquote like mining or whatever, but they like to break geodes open or whatever. And uh, like, I guess your dad or one of his brothers, one of the older kids got this uh, present. And then one of the younger kids is like throwing a fit and wanted it. Yeah. I remember. So then the little kid was like whacking the heck out of something and then like overextended on the oh, back reach just, and buried it into his own head. But I mean, he was fine. That's why I'm laughing about it. But apparently he was like running around the yard with it buried in the <laughs> back of his head for a minute. And everyone was just like, well, that little shit deserved it. And yeah. But anyway, that's like t- a total. And by everyone, I mean my dad. At yeah, least. Mostly, mostly your dad. There's a chance other people actually felt. Sympathy Most for people, the child, I think, but actually, your dad may have been the one that did it. No, it wasn't my dad. It wasn't your dad. No. Okay, well, we'll ask him because he gets here tomorrow. So, anyways, um, so yeah, it was a little pickaxe that he knocked him in the head with, or she, I don't know. Um, so then after killing all five of them, uh, they moved into the house and killed little Joseph in his um bassinet. Mm, poor baby. And Maria in her room. They were both asleep, I think. Well, if you're going to go. Yeah. Uh, so on April 1st, uh, some local coffee sellers showed up to the house to place an order with the farm, but no one answered. They went around the back, but saw that no one was there. Also, um, Kazilla was absent from school for two days, which wasn't normal, and there was no reasoning for it. And, and uh, March 31st was a Friday. The family did not show up for Sunday worship two days later, which was very strange. That's, they were always there. On April 4th, so March 31st was the murder. April 4th, a handyman came to fix the engine of the food chopper, and only all he reported hearing was the animals in the barn. He never went to the house to try to even talk to anyone. Um, on that same day, a neighbor, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, and, uh, and some others basically showed up to check because it just seemed weird that the family wasn't going anywhere. Um, and, I, and when they didn't answer, they went to the barn and found the bodies of the family. At first, the police believed that uh, the family was murdered as part of maybe a robbery. None of their stuff was gone and a large amount of money was found in the home and obviously not touched. So they abandoned that theory. Also, the police very much believed that the murderer was living in the home for at least six months before the murders. Um, what they did notice was that the house was taken care of. The animals were fed. Uh, and meals had actually been made since the murders. Also, those who claimed to come to by the house to check on the family or fix things noted that there was smoke coming from the chimney. So clearly someone was living there for at least a few days after they'd murdered all the people. And they didn't move the bodies, I'm assuming. I feel like that would stink, right? Yeah, that's horrendous. Uh, so the investigation was highly hindered by the amount of people who came by and touched the bodies, moved objects around, and some even literally cooked food and ate in their kitchen. Like their friends just showed up to like see what was going on after the murder was announced. So there was, it was very hard to find evidence of any kind because there was just like all kinds of stuff. Um, also, although from the autopsy, they believed the family was murdered by a matic, they never, they, they never found, they didn't find the murder weapon. Um, it was believed that all of the... Oh, this, tr- this is a little bit of like a trigger warning of sadness. So if you want to skip over the next 30 seconds, go ahead. If you don't like gruesome sad things. And why are you listening to <laughs> Rachel's murder stories? <laughs> uh, it was believed that all of the victims died almost instantly, except for little Kazilla. Uh, they believed that she lived for hours afterwards and eventually died from shock. And the reason that they believe this is because she had clumps of hair pulled out of her he- head and in her hands. 
that she was doing it to herself. Poor baby. Yeah. Um, she was like, I think she was seven. Oh. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, so after the murder was discovered, a few people came to the police to report things they'd seen, of course, because that's always what happens. One reported that the night of the crime, he was passing um, Hinterkaifeck and noticed the outdoor oven was being heated by someone. Uh, when he noticed the person came to him, blinded him with a lantern and scared him away. So the dude just like was like, OK, and just left. Um, he also claimed that the smell coming from the oven was horrible, mm. but none of the bodies were burned. So not really sure what that's So he's from. just a bad cook. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, another person claimed on April 1st at 3 a.m. They were heading back to town when they saw two strangers at the edge of the forest. When the strangers saw them, they turned around and ran. They felt like that was an important thing to add. And then in 1927, so this was 1922, in 1927, another resident of their town claimed a stranger stopped him around midnight, asking him questions about the murder. Then he shouted that he had murdered the family and then ran away into the woods and was never seen again. That's the most believable part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a list of a few. It's only like two legit suspects. These are the only suspects that were like, that could even possibly be it. Everyone else was very uh, circumstantial or just like hearsay. Uh, so the first is Carl Gabriel. If you'll remember the daughter's last name was Gabriel. Um, so Carl Gabriel was Victoria's husband who believed was who believed to have died in France in December 1914 during the First World War. However, there was never um, a body found. Uh, so to go with that, because Zilla was Carl's daughter, the young girl, but Joseph was not his son. He was only two. So between 1914 and 1922. Um, it was known that on that. Andreas, is that it? Andres. Andres. I keep saying it wrong. Andres and Victoria had an incestuous relationship throughout the whole town. It was actually even documented at court. Like it was just a well-known fact. And some believed that Joseph was Andres' son. And so people speculated that Carl was actually a prisoner of war, came back, found out what happened, and just murdered everybody. This is what people said. Um some even actually around town claim to have seen him around after the murders. But of course, that was never proven. And to this day, it is believed that he died in France. Like there's no there was no proof of that. Um, the other is Lorenz Schlittenbauer, who was the neighbor. Um, so. Uh, he had an ongoing relationship with Victoria also. And on Joseph's birth certificate were the initials L.S. Uh, but there was no like father on the birth certificate, but there was those initials just like written on there. Um, locals began to suspect Lorenz after how he acted when the bodies were found. Uh, the him and the other men that showed up, they had to actually break a gate down in order to get into the barn because all the doors were locked. Uh, when they got there, the first thing he did was move bodies. It was like touch every single body and like move them around. And then um, also, it was him. yeah, also he left the barn very quickly and went to the house uh, where he opened the door with a key and entered the house alone. Um, Andres told some friends a few days before the murder that a key to his house had gone missing. Um, obviously, he did have a relationship with the daughter, so there's a chance that he had a key already, but it just seemed weird. Um, his companions thought it was really weird that he would enter a house without having any idea if the murderer was still there. Um, oh, I think he had an idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they asked him about it, he said he was looking for his son, Joseph. That's what he said. Uh, this is all hearsay. This is just what they said. He said. Uh, although uh, most of the speculation, the only proven fact is that he did indeed move bodies. That's one thing that he did do. Uh, for many years, he was under speculation because of these things. And also he would make many comments about 
um, the murders that seemed to be things the only the murderer or investigators would know. He also was seen on the like on the grounds of the property often just like hanging out there. Um, and at one point he was talking, someone saw him there. Actually makes a lot of sense as to how he could lure people out into the barn too. So think about it. If he was a neighbor, he could say, Hey, I thought your thing was like your goats getting out. I need your help. And then yeah. five minutes later, I right. need your help. Cause he knows who they are. Right. And like, Rather if Victoria's just, like I'm straight up has have been dating you at yeah. some point. Like, yeah. Um, also, at one point, he, when he was standing on the land, someone came to talk to him, like, ask him what he was doing, and he was talking about how, um, how, something about how when the murderer was attempting to bury the bodies, he couldn't because the ground was too frozen. Well, he would know that as the neighbor, too, though. No, but how, they wouldn't even know that they tried to murder, tried to bury the bodies, because when they found the bodies, they were not buried. Right. Um... So some also believe that maybe his motive was uh, Victoria was demanding child support for mm -hmm. Joseph and he didn't want to do that. Uh, there were never, there was never any substantial evidence for any of this. And um, so it was always just suspicions. And he actually went to the grave pissed off that people thought it was him. He was like angry at people for accusing him of this. Um, I think if you were or weren't the murderer, that's kind of legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be mad either way. Um, there were many others uh, who have been who were thought to commit the crime. Literally, like one of them was like a lady on her deathbed was like straight up. My brothers committed that crime. And people were like, well, I guess we'll check it out. And then it was like, no, oh, this has no tie to anything that you're talking about. Um, but there was a lot. There was over 100 people suspected of doing it. Um, but there were no legitimate suspects because there were no leads and not enough evidence. This was interesting. The police actually removed the heads of the victims and sent them to Munich to be investigated by a clairvoyant. I mean, what else could you do? Um, I mean, I guess, but shockingly, nothing came from it. Well, we'll I talk mean, about how shocking that is in my, my part of the episode. <laughs> um, also, this was all happening during World War II and the heads got lost. Oh, the, the, what? No, like it was it all the turmoil of world. Yeah. That's what it said on the thing. No, babe, this was later. This was way, this was later. Yeah, how would they have the heads? World War II was 20 years later. Munich, I don't know. They were spending time looking at the heads, I think. For 20 years? This, this is what the thing said. Either way, something caused a bunch of turmoil around that area, and they lost them. Well, I, I don't want to say World War I. I don't know why much. Anyways. <laughs> they lost They the lost heads. the heads is the point. Wow. So the bodies were buried in a nearby cemetery, completely headless. Um, the whole farmstead was destroyed, and actually when it was, the mattock was found um, hidden in hay bales in the barn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but still. A mattock in a haystack. Yeah, but still. But how would you not think it's in the haystack? <laughs> These cops are terrible Still very job. John Mulaney. So bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very John Mulaney. That's disgusting. Clean that up. Ooh, by the way. No, don't talk about it. Well, I'm just saying. You brought him up. I was just talking about his murder joke. Well, no, I'm just saying. We're thinking about him. Anyways. Um, yeah, it was found, it was but, it, murder but it didn't like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it didn't do anything. Bring anything to light. Uh, there have actually been a lot more recent investigations of the murders that people have tried to do uh, ever since with more current technology. But for a really long time, they never released anything because some of the family members were obviously still alive. Uh, but then they eventually did and basically said, we have found nothing. We have no more information. Okay. I, I mean, how would you, where would you even start? Right. I mean, the, Lord. the bodies are, the heads are gone, which is the place where they got murdered from. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's the only well, thing you would have Maddox? left. What happened to it? 
I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. So not not surprising with how this has gone. But yeah, so it is uh, still considered, obviously, an unsolved murder to the state. Still open. That's it's good. considered unsolved. Yeah, it was clearly the, the neighbor, though. Because so think about why him. was he in their house? Well, in the attic, because they were probably hiding aspects of their relationship, you'd think. No, because people knew it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Why would he? Yeah, why, why would, would he hide in the attic? What if that was like. What I'm interested in, the idea I'm interested in, because also, why would he live in their house for like three days later? Like he lives, he's their neighbor. Yeah, he why could just he go home. Yeah. What I think would be really interesting is what if there just happened to be vagrants that were just like living in their house. And then he was like, at the same time, I'm going to murder these hoes. And the vagrants were like, I could live here for a little while. Oh, that's pretty legitimate. Right? Like what they were already living there for like six months. And then he, at the, it just it's, it's probably, so happened. It's probably more likely. That the, it was just random people. The, the random vagrants did it, sure. Because even also, if Lorenz thought that was his son, why would he kill him? Right. That, yeah. That. Like it would make a lot more sense if he killed everyone else and not the baby. Well, I mean, if he didn't want to pay for the baby, maybe oh, he didn't yeah. want the baby at all. But That's valid. I don't know. Um, also, just for child support, why would you kill all of those people? Probably the vagrants. That's what I would guess. Me too. But then they only lived there for three days and then they left. So what was the point? Like you didn't even get to stay in the place you were killing people for. That's where I'm confused, too. Oh, there's no way they were going to stick around. Then why would they... What was the point of killing them? They may have just been murderous vagrants. I feel like, what if they got caught? Yeah. Like, what if they... Like, the dude was raising a stink or something like that, and then they killed them, and then the noise in the barn lured out someone else, yeah, killed another like, one. Yeah, because, like, what if, like, Andre, Andre's found them right. in the barn. Right. He killed Andre, and then he was like, well, now I kill everybody. Yeah. Well, or and then somebody heard the struggle. They came yeah. out. Yeah, and then next thing you know, you got two out of five down. Or because whatever. other, I wouldn't. If these people were like living happily in this dude's house for six months, like no, why would yeah, they? Why would they suddenly turn murderous? Well, especially yeah. because once you murder the people, you pretty much have to leave. Yeah, like, I mean, you they can't, have a pretty good thing going. You can't stick yeah. around. Yeah, it would probably be that. I think that's the most likely. Second most likely, the neighbor. But the cool. But I really like. I it would I like be really too, cool yeah. if it was. No, it'd be really cool if it was the husband. If he was actually like a prisoner of war and he's like, I'm back. Oh, oh, and then it's Carl? like, oh, there's my wife who was having sexual relations with her own dad. Well, Carl could have been the. The vagrant. The vagrant. I mean, think about that. What if like she he didn't thought have he anywhere was dead. else to go? Yeah. And then because she's in an incestuous relationship, she feels like she owes the husband a place to be, but can't reveal oh, it. No, to but the... I was thinking like, what if he's not even she doesn't even know? Well, that but I'm just saying, what if she did? And then like he was like there and then he couldn't take it anymore so he just killed everybody also what's up with the wife just like being okay with his daughter and hu her daughter and husband having i wanted to get back to that because that's low-key the worst part about this whole thing including the baby death like that is the weirdest thing <laughs> like again not okay it's gross but like if the wife was already dead at least there'd be no one there to object but why aren't you objecting like the whole town knew it was in court documents that they were just doing this and it was just like, this is fine. Yeah, and never... I've read about some messed up places and most places don't think that that's fine. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, maybe like... Maybe... Not the children, but maybe like it just needed to go. Well, okay, Rach, come on now. <laughs> and Jeez. not Maria. Poor Maria. Yeah. That lady just showed up yeah, for the first one day. day. Of work. The worst day of work. Like, well, okay, maybe that was a trigger. Think about that. What it, do you mean? It almost had to had had to have been about Maria and no, somehow she was like sleeping in her room. No, no, no. I'm saying for the vagrant slash whatever set this off had to do with her. There's no way that it didn't. But what 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 would that be? I don't know. No idea. 
I don't know either. This is why I couldn't be a cop because I'd just sit around with speculation and I'd be like, uh. I'd be about as useful as those cops. You just sit around thinking about this and be like, well, why don't, why don't we cut off their heads and send them to the <laughs> <laughs> um, Exactly. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that's a good story. I'm going to, uh, during our break, figure out if it was, and that's why we drink, or BuzzFeed Unsolved, because I'm hey, 99% also, sure I heard of her. That was why whenever you told me about your story, I was like, huh, that's weird that we just happen to have a weird connection. That is it's a very weird connection. Yeah, we but didn't, it's a weird, but it is a weird connection. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about Lilydale um, and spiritualism. So Lilydale caught my eye because I was reading this article and it sounded to me like a real world Hogsmeade type of thing going on. And I thought that was cool. Um, So anyway, Lilydale is a town that was founded um, as a gated spiritualist summer retreat in 1879. That it's in sounds New York. a little culty. I know. Uh, <laughs> in uh, 1879 in New York. So it's been going on for 200 and freaking 30 years. No, no, wow. Horrible math. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> wow. 140 something years. Anyway. Um. And uh, not much apparently has changed since then. So it has a population of 275 residents. Oh, wait, a couple things. Sorry to interrupt myself. What? One, who were your sources? And two. Oh, yeah. Um, BuzzFeed Unsolved and That's Why We Drink both did it, which is why I was like having like a strange meltdown trying to remember the story because I'd heard it twice. So. OK, so my sources are the lineup. Dot com. Um. All that's interesting.com and mentalfloss.com. All right. So anyway, back to Lilydale. Um, it's a small town. Looks like it's frozen in the mid 19th century. Narrow roads are lined with old fashioned houses, many adorned with signs announcing, quote, the medium is in, end quote. A rickety wooden auditorium in the center of town is typically papered with flyers advertising trumpet, se- trumpet seances, past life regressions, astral travel workshops, spoon bending classes and circles to develop mediumship. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So I want to go. Can I go there? I, I was actually going to say me and you should go there. Um, which it's only 50 miles from Buffalo and we really want to eat anchor bar wings again. It's true. We should do that anyway, which by the way is the original wing place, like original ever. Oh, and that's what he's trying to say. It's phenomenal. Um, anyway, that was an excerpt from Shannon Taggart's, uh, books book seance, which I'll talk about later, but just wanted to uh, attribute the, or attribute the quote. Um, so it was formed during the height of spiritualism, obviously, uh, when it was believed that spiritualism had over 8 million followers in the U.S. and the U.K., which uh, has also been postulated that it's up to a third of the U.S. population um, in the 19th century were spiritualists. So, I mean, a very, like, yeah, legitimate, re- like, offshoot of religion, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um so those who spent time in Lilydale included women's rights leaders Susan B. Anthony and Margaret Sanger. Uh, you also had Mary Todd Lincoln. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was a spiritualist. Uh, you had Victoria Woodhull, Carl Jung, and Thomas Edison, among others, that went to Lilydale. Um, so it still kind of works uh, fairly the same now as it did then. So one must pass a test to work there as a registered medium. Um, the 
uh, test. I horribly copy pasted something right in the middle of that for some reason. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so those who want to practice their craft must pass uh, three 30 minute test readings evaluated by officials of the Lilydale Assembly in order to be registered. Um, And you took two hours to take notes and this is how bad they are. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what. Oh, I got I got crack cocaine notes. Uh, so message services are still popular at the Inspiration Stump, which was a stump that they used to do message services at back in 1879. Um, the actual stump has been replaced by a concrete replica because it's been 140 freaking years. Um, most people come for the mediums who uh, for between 35 and 75 bucks an hour will bring in like long relatives and say, I have Steve, like who, who is Steve? He's from your father's side. And then they essentially do that. So it's like a whole town of this, right? Yeah. So it's like I said, kind of got like a Hogsmeade feel. Cause it's like a little bit older, but it's like all centralized around like spiritualism, which I think is cool. Huh. And wow, I really want to go there. Um, so spiritualism, uh, and, and Lilydale particularly is having kind of a, uh, renaissance, like a, a rejuvenation because spiritualism apparently has become big business again. I think we know kind of the, uh, like, I don't know the, uh, not stigma. That's not what I'm looking for, but like the, the mental image of like a Hollywood person walking around going, Oh, I need my crystals or whatever. Right. But like, that's not, that wasn't normal, mm-hmm. uh, even for them very long ago, but apparently it's really gaining steam now. So, um, And it's really because many Americans are increasingly turning away from like organized religion and looking for other spiritual trends to replace it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, It's getting a boost from Goop, which is a health and (laughs) wellness company founded by Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, wait, I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, And so that's why Lilydale is kind of like becoming a thing again. Hey, have you ever heard about the the candle that smells like her vagina? (laughs) I'm not kidding. She sells it. How'd she get that done? Um, how would I know the answer to that question? <laughs> I, I'm interested in the process. Of the, all right. Next episode, we're talking about how, <laughs> she made, how the heck do you make a candle of your vagina? Smell. Extract. You know what they should things? do? They should have made a mold of her vagina. And then, and then, made, then the made the candle in that mold. Oh, oh. What just happened? Drop my phone. Yeah. Anyways, it's a really expensive candle. That oh, you yeah, can- it should be. <laughs> it's Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow's hoo-ha. Hold on, I kind of want to look up how much it is. Hold on. You, you definitely should, and then place an order immediately. <laughs> I'm very interested in this. Um, also, she should hire me, because I think that's a great idea to do the uh, candle uh, mold idea. I don't think she Like, uh, oh, like Shrek's earwax candle, but her this, vajayjay. It is the first thing, Gwyneth Paltrow candle. Why is, why is Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow selling a candle that smells like her vagina? I told you. It's literally called Goop's Vagina Candle. How much is it? This is needed oh, also, information. It, the the um, label on the thing just says, this smells like my vagina. It, yes. It's $75. That's accurate marketing. Buy it right now. I'm not buying a $75 How big is it? Is it candle. worth $75? It's just a normal candle. Like. Buy that the candle. Bag. I'm not. What if it smells bad? It probably. What if it smells bad? <laughs> what if? <laughs> I'm giving Gwyneth the benefit of the doubt. Well, no, I mean, it's probably like her primo, but I'm saying as far as candles go. Anyways, yeah. Instead of our Christmas candle, we should light that every year. All right. Anyway, I don't even remember what the heck I was talking about. Oh, goop. Um, so, yeah, Lilydale's kind of having a renaissance. Um, one Lilydale 
medium named Lynn Forget, which I think has to be a fake name. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she goes, quote, at one time, Lilydale was pretty unique because this type of thing was not seen as a normal thing to do, but it's everywhere now, she says. She said that uh, there's a uptick in young people seeking out mediums and men in particular, quote, and not necessarily being dragged by their girlfriends or wives. They're coming willingly and really believe in it as well, she says. Very surprised. Um, I didn't hear her. I read this, but I had to put the inflection because I'm sure I'm certain her little old lady mind was blown by I this. I appreciated it. I, th- thank you. Um, wow, I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> uh, you know that meme that's like uh, girls who won't accept a compliment guy thinking about one compliment he got four years ago. And then yeah, that's me. Yep. Um, so to the actual some of the stories uh most of these no all of these i think um were again recorded by shannon taggart in her book seance um and then many news outlets just kind of copy and pasted the same thing over and over so but i'll give them credit at the bottom but um so mostly spiritualism uh and spirit photography kind of uh you know there, there's like a bunch of methods that people use right um which i may do like many explanations of each of them at some point, but not in this episode because I didn't do that research. Um, so some of them are automatic writing, which is essentially you go into a trance and you start writing stuff and it's from the dead, but it's really you. Yeah. Uh, ectoplasm is a lot, a lot, Ugh. an old one from uh, photography specifically because people used to take like cotton balls and like, ex- ex- like elongate them mm-hmm. and then like stick them in their ears or whatever. And it, it made this old timey, uh, like you know old old photoshop effect um of something strange uh you have like uh uh what's it called like trumpet saying you have seances you have like table tipping you have all this stuff and apparently you can do almost all of it at lilydale which i think is great yeah um so taggart had actually first heard of the mythic material when watching ghostbusters which i'm sure many of you have uh and part of the reason why that material is in there is because dan Aykroyd is a fourth generation spiritualist and contribute and uh, he wrote the foreword for this book seance right oh, wow. so if you didn't know dan Aykroyd's actually a big old weirdo and i love him for it um dan he, Aykroyd's amazing yeah he loves uh you know aliens and all sorts of things so if you um if you can't stand Joe Rogan, then don't. But if you love Dan Aykroyd, you can go check uh, his wild ideas out on the Joe Rogan podcast, I think is like pretty much the main place that he talked about it. But I mean, yeah, he makes us look tame as far as what he believes. So, uh, yeah. So Shannon Taggart was never really a huge believer in ghosts. Uh, apparently that changed in 2001 during one of her visits to Lilydale. Um, the uh, she's a photojournalist, right? Which is why she made this book, which the book is mostly photographs of these seances and things, right? Um, kind of like s- juxtaposed with stories about the photographs, right? Um, but anyway, she uh, went to a medium. So again, my copy pasting skills were letting me down here at 9 p.m. <laughs> Apparently I was just too tired. But uh, she uh, a few years prior to her first visit to Lilydale, which I'll kind of go back to that first visit. But she was interested in Lilydale after figuring out that it was only uh, 50 miles south from Buffalo, like I was talking about, which is where she grew up. Um, she, her cousin apparently went to a medium there and the medium said that her grandfather, the cousin's grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, yeah, their grandfather. So it's both her and Shannon's grandfather. Um, didn't die from heart disease, which is what everybody in the family thought. Um, the medium actually said no, like he choked to death, right? Asphyxiation. Yeah. Um, the uh, 
cousin at first was kind of like, ha, you're close, but you're not right. Right. Like, yeah. you know, what a, you know, what a quack or whatever. Um, but then apparently Shannon's father said, um, no, it's true. Someone at the hospital put food into his mouth and then left him alone and he choked. But we didn't want people to know that that's how he went. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's what initially sparked Taggart's interest a little before 2001 in Lilydale, Right. So. She, you know, it's it stuck with her over the years. She became consumed with a with, quote, how a total stranger could know the details of this tragedy whenever most in the family didn't even know about it. Right. So she showed up to Lilydale uh, several years later in 01 and she went into um a seance when, quote, all of a sudden the medium started laughing at nothing. Um, she, quote, apparently the spirit of her brother was in the room and told her a joke and then said, quote, I told him not to interrupt me while I'm working. Um, Clark is the medium's name, mm-hmm. uh, explained to uh, Shannon and then turned to an empty spot and yelled, Chapman, we've talked about this. And then like went back to doing <laughs> the, the medium. Right. So I think that that's uh, an interesting like thought of how real it is to some of these people. Right. So there's two schools of thought, which we'll talk about more when we kind of when I'm done with the story, we just talk. But, you know, it's the whole like, are they just putting on a show? Do they really believe it? And of course, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah, right. But, but to me, that was an interesting little like something she would have laughed off or like any of us would have laughed off was given credence because of the whole cousin story. Mm-hmm. thing, Right. And this is the same medium. Yeah. Right, between the two. So anyway. Um, so Clark, which I think is the last name because because I think the medium is attributed as a, as a woman. So I think it's the last name. But uh, she said, quote, Margaret's here. And then Taggart said, Margaret, I don't know any Margaret. And then Clark closed her eyes and listened and says, she says, Texas, what does Texas mean? And then Taggart said, oh, my great aunt Margaret lived in Texas and she died a few months earlier. I'd totally forgotten. And then my whole body tensed up. It was truly spooky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the book, Seance, she talks about some other people's like, you know, journey to spiritualism. So she talked about a Reverend Jane, Reverend Jane from Erie, Pennsylvania, who found the calling at age six when, quote, she saw a spirit standing inside her grandmother's closet um, and she discovered she could make supermarket cans, cans fly across shelves All right. and candles do somersaults in the air, right? Mm-hmm. Others came to it after being triggered by grief. Um, so British medium Simon Key, a lifelong atheist, was drawn to spiritualism after her mother passed and she began getting messages on her long broken word processor that read, we must communicate. Huh. Um. A medium, Betty Schultz, recalled a reading where she was with a Catholic priest who ha- who was a regular client and, quote, the spirit showed Betty a baby who had died and told her the priest was its father. Um, but Betty said, like, I'm not going to uh, I'm not I'm not, not going to like talk about this with the priest. Right. Because mm-hmm. clearly the priest like it just got too sensitive. Right. Mm-hmm. So she sent the priest to another medium without explaining to the priest why or to anybody why she wouldn't tell him. And just sent him off, right? Um, but the other medium uh, later scolded uh, Betty Schultz and said, quote, why didn't you give the man the message from his baby? Right? Like, so the baby was like, not only repeated the message, but then <laughs> said, like, pissed off. This person didn't even say it, right? Like, yeah. Um, so 
Thibodeau, uh, a different uh, medium, says one of the biggest headaches of spiritualism is uninvited famous people. So most me- most fame most mediums want nothing to do with celebrity ghosts because um, there's no faster way to drive away an on the fence person or a skeptic than I have a message from Albert Einstein. Yeah, of course. But Thibodeau says sometimes it's unavoidable. So she remembers a session in which Elvis Presley showed up unannounced, and no, Thibodeau shouted at Elvis, "I'm not doing this. Get out of here!" Right? Yeah. When their spirit refused to leave, Thibodeau apologized to her client. I'm sorry, I have Elvis here and I don't know why, she said. And then she found out that the mother of the woman she was reading for had been a housekeeper at Graceland. Oh, wow. So Thibodeau, for Thibodeau, is a lesson uh, in not being too quick to cast judgment. Quote, now anytime a spirit comes, regardless of who they are, I'll give them a message. Um, she she told Taggart in the book, uh, quote, I don't shoo them away. Uh, we communicate with dead people and a dead celebrity is still dead. Um, so Taggart... After 18 years of something that was supposed to only take a summer, right? Again, photojournalist. She was trying to, you know, photo journalize some of these practices. Mm-hmm. Um, she eventually became enthralled with the community and has been going back for 18 years, right? Yeah. So um, she, after 18 years, says, quote, uh, I no longer subscribe to the popular belief that spiritualists are charlatans just trying to make money off of people. For the most part, I found them to be very sincere. Um, but as for whether she believes in ghosts or life after death, uh, she's still on the fence after 18 years. Um, she says the closest she came to converting was when uh, there was an unsettling experience in 2013. She was visiting Sylvia and Chris Howarth, a married medium couple in England, so not even in Lilydale. But the morning after uh, watching Sylvia do a seance in the dark, which is something uh, this the experienced spiritualist rarely did because, quote, sometimes phenomena continue into the next day. Taggart was making tea in their kitchen and reached to open a cupboard and the ceramic knob for the cupboard, right, mm-hmm. exploded in Taggart's hands. Um, half of it shot into the air and crashed and crashed to the floor and the other half became razor sharp and cut into Taggart's hand and it started gushing blood. Uh, Chris, the the husband of the of the of the other medium, right, mm-hmm. ran into the room and reached for the broken knob, and soon he was bleeding too. Um, and she says, "quote Just telling that story again gives me chills." Um, so was it a paranormal encounter? She's still not sure. She just knows. Uh, "quote All I know is I still have a scar because of what happened that day, and I think about it all the time. So who knows, right?" Yeah. Um, so I did some digging without having the book, which I may be interested in actually getting because I like um, photo, like you know, what's it called? Uh, centerpiece style works. I think they're cool. Um, but uh, I found this. So Taggart said it was from a separate thing, but Taggart said one of the strangest things she witnessed during the mediumship, uh, what, what happened during mediumship led by Gordon Garforth. Um, he was in a deep trance um, and he's a physical medium. Uh, again, this was in England and Garforth told Taggart that his hands enlarged sometimes during seances and about 20 minutes into one Garforth's wife who operates as his quote spirit control uh, said that the spirits were going to work with his hands. Um, and while seated under a dim red light, Garforth held out his hand to Taggart who, who says quote, unbelievably to me, it seems to, it seemed to effortlessly, effortlessly stretch and the entire hand became large instantly. I gasped and yelled, Oh my God. Taggart remembered. She said that uh, the other 30 people in the room also reacted with amazement and she was worried the experience was merely, merely hypnotic and that her camera, which was set to one second exposures, wouldn't capture the growth. Um, but, quote, the photographs may seem to confirm a distorted large hand. I was able to sit with Gordon on two set additional occasions and I saw the same thing. And here is that picture. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's a, it's a comically large hand. Yeah, so, it's um, very big. 
looks like he got stung by a bee. Yeah, so you can. Uh, well, that's actually no. So that would be a pretty good way to pull off this trick, right? But, yeah. But no, I mean the fingers are also like really long and weird. Like the thumb sits awkwardly on top of just a comically large hand. So other than like maybe applying wax on his normal hand in the dark, like I don't know how you would even achieve this effect. So yeah. Um. But yeah, go ahead and Google it, right? Shannon Taggart. Uh, what was his name? It sounds like a fantasy name. Gordon Garforth, <laughs> the deep wizard of what's up? Uh, whatever. Anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. So Google that. It's a it's a red photo of I uh, just like I said, comically large hand. But yeah, that would uh, that would definitely make me think twice about a couple things. So my sources before we move on to just us talking is Atlas Obscura, uh, Business Insider, New York Post, New York Times and Slate. Um, is where I got all these things. And yeah, so mostly just thought it would be cool to kind of go to like a hokey place where weird stuff happen or people think weird stuff happens. But now I think it might be a cool place to go see something actually weird happen. So I know that I live my life and the show is based off of the way we live our lives in the gray area. I just I just don't believe it at all ever. No. And I and honestly, it's one of those things where like. Okay, so you know how we watch like um, BuzzFeed and Salt and we're always like, how can Shane just like believe nothing? How can he just even like, not that they've ever had legitimate proof of anything, but even those little moments where Ryan's like, that's unexplainable. And Shane's like, meh, that's how I feel about mediums. Like the hands, meh, I'm not going to say it's not unbelievable. I'm just also going to say I still don't believe it. Yeah, it's just one of those things for me that I feel like even if the proof was staring me in the face, if there was a way to prove that it was real, I probably would still poke holes in it. I think it's so... It's one of the funny things that I think they actually show pretty well in Harry Potter because it's yes. like not not supposed. But like how Trelawney is like just a kook, except for like when she actually has the real prophecy about Harry. Well, right? yeah, and it's funny, too, because it's like even with it being real yeah, in, that of, world, in that world, they're still kooks. They're still kooks. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing. That's the problem with mediums, right? Is like when you commoditize something that may be happening. Yeah. You're going to drown. That we I have mean, no proof of happening. It's like, it's like if no one else could shoot a basketball and like, you're like, no, 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 I can shoot a basketball, but then you throw up a thousand bricks, but then you hit one shot. Yeah. Right. right. Like it, it, that's just the hardest part about it to me is like you, when you throw up a thousand shots, even if it's like the hardest thing to do, you might hit once, you know? See, and the other thing for me is like, you know, we always talk about like alien sightings, how they get, drowned out by all the people who are lying or right, just who were attention. drunk or yeah. who were on drugs or whatever. Or and legitimately saw something weird, but it was an airplane. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can see that with ghosts and aliens, but with this, it's always like, Oh, did I talk about the alien or that the, the weird alien that I heard? No. Did I not talk about that? I don't know. I think you need to save it for something else. Like a, like a listener story. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Don't it do it now. It wasn't a big thing, but okay. I know, but don't do it now. All right. Fair enough. Anyways. Yeah. We'll do another story like that. And RJ can tell his little story. It's a very small story. Um, I remember But yeah, I just, I don't know what it would take to prove to me that it was real. I'm not saying it's impossible to communicate with ghosts. I think being able to have legitimate conversations and where specific ghosts become, become, come because of specific people and stuff like that is just kind of bullshit. So I agree with the whole it's kind of bullshit thing. But if we were to stretch one of our other theories a little further to make it like, let's say it was guaranteed it was real. So how does it work? Right. Like, so setting aside that it may just be bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
to me, that has always come down to what if it's again, like we've talked about in other contexts, what if it's not the traditional idea of a ghost, somebody else's soul, but what if it's, you know, their memory of that person or like, you know, you know, that like the energy that you carry of that individual. And this sounds like such bullshit when I say it because I don't believe it, but I'm just saying like, what if it's not that person's consciousness, Mm -hmm. but you as the human and as the medium invoking that person's image because of your feelings about that person, right? Like the priest, for instance, would probably have great guilt, shame, maybe even sadness about this baby. Right. Yeah. Um, Of course. And those emotions could definitely like do those things or like, for instance, the well, but then that wouldn't explain the whole like, like the cousin didn't know that the dude choked. So then that would have to be a separate consciousness that allow or like the whole like, you know, the universe or the world thing. Like it's not necessarily that dude's consciousness. It's that he left an impression on the earth and that impression was truth. And then he shared that truth. I don't know. I I view it the same way that I view going to like a magic show. I'll watch the trick happened. I'll be impressed by the end of it. And I know I don't know how they did it, but I also know magic isn't real. That's how I feel about it. Like I've, I rarely have I looked at a magic trick and been like, Oh, that's how I did it. I have no idea, but I'm a hundred percent positive. It's not real. What they did was messing with me. Yeah, But I mean, it's just like, so this was like the cousin was in the nineties, right? Like, it's not like you can say that whole, like they look up stuff and on Facebook, right? Like, like now it would be easy, right? Like, but well, not easy, but I just think you could get more hits than than before. But back then, like that's such a like. But again, it's a gamble. Like she could have just said asphyxiation and happened to be right. Oh, yeah. Like who knows how many times she was wrong. Well, so. I think a lot of people who do the whole clairvoyant thing, the reason that they do it is because they're good at reading people because they're good yeah. at, at. Oh, They openly admit that because they're extremely empathetic because yeah. they're those kind of things like and that's what could help them to. Well, it's like hypnosis, how it's real and they don't claim it's supernatural, right? It's just people manipulation. Yeah, right. right? But it is like like hypnosis works. Yeah. It does a thing. It just it's not rooted in supernatural. Yeah, I don't know. I it's one of it's one of those things that like I don't like saying this out loud because it feels very, you know, I don't like being on one side because it feels ignorant to do that, to be like, yeah, well, I don't this care one, what you proof really you put in. Yeah, yeah, but you still can believe whatever you believe. Yeah, in, I just yeah. don't. But I would love to go and have it done. I think that'd be cool. I think cool. we should. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. But I... I I've never been to a medium. No, I haven't either. Or tarot card reading or anything. I haven't either. We um, should go to one of those little, like, crappy white shed looking ones on the side of the road. White shed? You've seen them with, like, the hand. And it says psychic. Yeah, but that's mostly at, like, a festival. But, yeah. No. I think we have resident... I mean, we live in a huge city. I'm sure it works. Huge city. Not weather adjacent to a massive city. Um, we should. I think it'd be fun, like do a date night and go get our. Yeah, we should. I think our, our next date night, we should go do something like that. Um, well, COVID, maybe not. Um, I mean, what's COVID? Is it? Yeah. Uh, Whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I think about it. I mean, I think that there have been some really compelling instances, but again, given how many people do it how much they do it and that they make a career out of it. It's like, you're gonna have a few compelling instances. So yeah, I mean, I would say like, I'm not going to take away from the fact that there's a chance that maybe like one in a hundred of those people are actually legitimate. Maybe there's a chance. I just, again, I don't think it's the way we think that it is. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so let us know, uh, if you, 
have had any experiences with it's, it's kind of funny because we've been doing this for a month now without actually posting the episodes. I feel like nobody's listening, but it's because literally yeah, nobody's listening. Right. Um, but anyway, let us know, um, you know, if you've had any instances with that, uh, we'll gear up for a listener story. It's been a long time since we've done one, um, but obviously we're going to give you some time. So what I'll do is mental note to myself. I'll introduce this a month before <laughs> I'll make one of our like ads uh, listener story um thing but yeah so we're gearing up for a listener story episode so uh, please take the time um submit to us anything that's happened to you so we have skeptical skeptics at gmail.com uh at skepskeppod on twitter instagram and facebook um and you can essentially if you google us and you'll find us uh, on our website you can also find links to all these things um and get a hold of us so let us know if anything creepy's happened to you but specifically uh i don't think we've gotten anything with clairvoyance maybe a couple things mm-hmm. um but yeah let also, us know if you are a medium or know a medium i would absolutely love to hear from you so hold on here's the other part too oh we have a listener who's f- like aunt is a medium mm-hmm. we should get them on that would be so cool yeah we should I would that. love that they offered that forever ago and i forgot to take them up we um, should because that would be amazing i would yeah. love to hear what she had to say so what do you think about the whole you know, certain people are more sensitive to whatever. And what do you think that whatever is, though? Do you think that's bull or no? Um, no, I'm not saying marketing mediumship. Yeah, you I, know. Get, I get it. Uh, no, I mean, I it would make sense that more people are more sensitive to those are, things. Yeah. I also think there's more people looking for those things or there's more, more people that are. And that maybe they're correlated. Maybe they're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, the same way that there's people who are like empaths or people who are whatever i mean yeah, there's just so many different things i it, I, it wouldn't I mean, there are people who literally are more sensitive to something like emf like in an yeah, old house yeah, you know? yeah that wouldn't surprise me or like seasickness but, but i have no idea if it's the way we think it is i'm gonna assume it's i'm gonna not. assume it's not yeah right i think we're a lot of we're kind of ignorant jerks who just want to think that the world runs the way we think it does when in actuality it's which is why again i don't like agreeing on either side completely because i think we're probably wrong in both ways but this is the only one that I'm kind of more. So here's a question I meant to ask you with the in the news thing. Right. So uh, just because we, we talked about it a little bit, how we don't think society is ready. But let's say that BLC one signal is confirmed. Right. Mm-hmm. Literally comes out in the news tomorrow. What do you do? Anything different? No, that's why it freaks me out. There's nothing I can do. You have no idea. I, what would I do? What other than have panic attacks? What would I do? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't like it. I don't like things. So the reason why I bring that up is juxtapose that with if it came out tomorrow that the afterlife is real. You could talk to dead people. What would you do? I don't really have anyone I want to talk to. So I I guess I wouldn't care that much. But if I did, then I could see how I would. I'd find a dog medium. (laughs) I really would. That's even less. What? He's just going to bark. Yeah. They don't understand barks. Yeah, but if someone could like describe to me, anyways, how doing. um, yeah, I mean, if I was if I had a significant person in my life that had died, I could and and there go. was proof, I probably would. But then again, how would I find the right person? Yeah, just because just because just because it's real doesn't mean that every single person that's doing it is real. Obviously, yeah. So would it I give you know. any kind of comfort, or would it freak you out more? Again, it depends on the situation. Like if the person that I really cared about like died in a sudden accident and I didn't get to say goodbye or no, I mean just right now. Like if I said it's for real, Oh, you know, um, there is life after death. I don't think it would freak me out. Yeah. I think it would. And by the way, I don't mean like in a religious sense. I mean like in the sense of 
like your consciousness can be tapped afterwards. Like, you know, it's just totally different as when I talk. Yeah, comfort. no, I mean, I would just be like, huh, okay. Because I've already opened myself up to the idea of that, I guess. Right, so it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, it's interesting. I think, uh, oh, gun to your head, last question. Do you think we'll find out in our lifetimes if this is real? I don't, there's no way to prove it. How would you prove it? How? Well, like, so, so think about the various different waves and like understanding of like a literal energy, right? Like from, cause people throw that term around and I kind of hate saying it, but I, but I mean, from like a scientific perspective, mm-hmm. right? Like our understanding of like, um, like different energy waves, our ability to record these things, understand these things. I mean, like, like the whole, uh, parallel dimension thing that we're doing with neutrinos. Like, I mean, we're, we're getting pretty close to some wild stuff. I'm just going to say, our understanding of ghosts and the world with ghosts is like so small that I can't imagine that it would get to a point where we'd understand it completely. Like at least with like with aliens, there's progress. First off, there's progress we don't well, even know about. And potentially with aliens, it's just up to something else yeah. to just make but it with happen. This, it's like there's so there's just. Yeah, I don't think so. You don't think with ghosts? I don't, don't know if we'll ever be able to prove it. Maybe one day, but I don't see how. Yeah, I don't either. Cool. Um. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, let us know if you've had any um, experiences with that stuff. And we look forward to listener episodes. If we get some listeners back, I don't know. We had to wait quite a while for our first one. So we may need to build that up. So, yep. Um, anyway, everybody take care. We'll see you in the new year. Bye. Bye. What did I have for the news? I shared it with you. Let's get down to business. Win, sister, to defeat the bin. Did they send me win, win? When I asked for more. They're the saddest pups I ever met. But they can bet before they're through. Somehow I'll Make a dog out of you. Here's where my real frustration comes in, okay? Because here's the deal. Feeny! Help, Help me with my, my frustration. frustration. Why, what was Feeny going to do? Come on, Diana, to get him laid? What? How's that Feeny's job? It's wild. Anyways.